Meeting has always been, I, I just did a, a presentation about this. It's always been about like the things that you research about on your own, the things that you like spend hours doing that no one tells you to. <laughs> um, those are usually how I help others and I've helped myself figure out a niche because like the whole point of you being that expert or that person, that resource, um, is that you would do it even if no one was asking you to. And so that's how I try to think about niches. What happens in between is all about the awkward middle phase of entrepreneurship. You know, after you've taken your first steps but before you can live off your passion. Join me, Athena, as I learn from other emerging creators about the tactical and emotional methods they use to keep moving forward after the initial excitement of following your dreams meets the reality of following your dreams. Let's get into it. Hi, guys. Welcome back to What Happens in Between. Today, I have with me Nadina Granville, also known as All Natural G, who is a multifaceted creative artist and social media influencer based in Milwaukee. She is the founder and creative director of Gaining Visuals, which is a boutique marketing and branding agency. And we'll get into what they do through Gaining Visuals a little bit later in the show. Hi. Hey. How are you doing on this crisp Monday morning? <laughs> <laughs> Monday is my favorite day of the week. I know a lot of people like don't like Mondays, mm-hmm. but for me, every Monday, and it never fails, I wake up with absolute like energy and ready to kick in. I start my motivational videos and I'm just like, yeah, it's usually Wednesdays is when I'm like crashing and burning, but Mondays are always great for me. I wow. love it. That's very refreshing. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah. I've said it before, but I think it it's important to note I believe Tuesday is the worst day of the week. I feel it. I understand that. You know, I don't know what happens on Tuesdays. I can't remember a Tuesday to save my life. Exactly. You have such a broad ranging background. I think it's really yeah. fascinating. So one thing that I wanted to start with is, first of all, you have your initial career or so. You spent 16 years as a musician right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I, it's still more. I got to probably update that number. That was ever since I was six years old, I played piano and then picked up more instruments since then. Yeah. So I'd love to hear your journey of even like transitioning maybe your focus from, from music to uh, social media and branding. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So You know, and I I think now, like, I'm finally coming to terms that my mom may have been very intentional with my career path or, like, the skills and what she wanted me to do. But if you ask her, she'll say that I asked for all of these things, yet I don't remember. But (laughs) when I was six, I really wanted to play piano. And I remember having, like, a very strict, abusive Catholic teacher. And that was something that, like, stuck with me because now even with how I do pacing with like video editing, it plays a factor into like how I edit and produce and just make stuff. But yeah, I play, I started playing piano uh, when I was, uh, I think it was Holy Redeemer is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to Niscara and did a lot of performing. I think I was like the lead for, uh, what's the one? There's no place like home. <laughs> Wizard of Oz, there we go. Oh. Um, 
Yes. You think I would remember that one. But uh-huh. <laughs> I just did a lot as a kid, Girl Scouts, all of that. And then I went to Roosevelt Middle School and I picked up bass and was in orchestra for the three years. And then I went to Milwaukee High School of the Arts. And I continued doing symphony orchestra as well as I had a jazz band, uh, which we played a lot of Latin music as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've just, I've been reading music. I've been playing on stage for shows, whether it's acting or just playing an instrument or singing. And I've just been a performer for a majority of my life. And when I was graduating, I was near that end of um, senior year of high school. I remember, you know, everyone asking that question. So what are you going to do? And everyone just thinking and assuming I was going to pursue music. But Mm. um, because it was my second language, it wasn't fun for me anymore. And the music scene is also very, like, not the best, not the healthiest. And so I knew that that wasn't something I wanted to do. But I really enjoyed doing, like, post-production stuff um, or, like, just... I was into photography as well. I took some photos of um, a few album covers and just portraits of friends. And I submitted my application for Milwaukee Institute of Art and Design and got accepted. And I was absolutely shocked. And they gave me the highest amount of, in comparison to all of the other colleges I paid for or applied for, I should say. And so I went there. Um, it was close. It was local. I wasn't really ready to like leave home yet, but I knew that I was excited to try something new. I have always been really good at music. Like it, it just, it just, it came naturally. But I wanted to be a beginner at something, and that's mm-hmm. why I was very, very happy to be at my ad. But I didn't realize um, or remember <laughs> how hard <laughs> it is to be a beginner. And entering that in a higher institution, what that looks like. Mm. Luckily, my mom, like, she used to uh, teach at UWM. So I was very familiar with, like, how to organize my time and workflows and being at a private institution, what that meant as far as, like, the one-on-one and smaller classes. But it was very difficult because I switched what I wanted to do so many times which is why I have so many different skills today because I went in with the intention of going to do be an interior architecture just because I really like navigating space. Um, I rearranged my home about six times a year and mm. I, I just I did a lot of that, but it wasn't really fun. And that's what I was kind of following through my adventure <laughs> during undergrad. Yeah. I was trying to figure out the thing that really like brought me joy and really like got me excited to do homework because I feel like that's (laughs) one of the things that like people overlook when um, pursuing a degree is that like you shouldn't hate the work that you do and there's so many times where I didn't like the stuff that I was doing and so I just switched I was like if I'm gonna be here I'm gonna figure it out and that's what I feel like Maya did a really good job of um, that first year you just like you're literally just exploring all the different majors. And so that's when I declared for uh, new studio practice, which I had a focus on photography and that didn't go so well. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just didn't know how to articulate my vision through a still image. And so that's when I started making a couple short films. And then I realized that I wasn't going to thrive as well as I wanted to within my films if I stayed in Milwaukee. So I did a study abroad in California and at California College of the Arts and pursued film and animation. And that's where I learned those technical skills. And then I came back, finished my thesis, which was my business, gaining visuals. And in the meantime of all of that, I was always maintaining three jobs. Um, I was doing marketing for Mm -hmm. a couple of different companies and teaching art, teaching film, teaching all the the skills I've learned over time. And so by 
my senior year, I kind of wrapped that up into gaining visuals, uh, which is basically, which I didn't know because it's transformed over time, really. Um, sure. But I didn't know that all of those skills that I was learning was going to turn into my business, which we help with small businesses and startups build their brand. And we do the photography, we do the videos, we do build their websites, we help with your social media, doing brand strategy. And yeah, it's just, that's, that's the journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how we got here. And I'm mm-hmm. very thankful I would do it again 10 times over. Wow. I think what you were saying about being a beginner is so beautiful. And I think it's really important to to keep that in mind because we do forget what it's like to be a beginner, both internally, like for ourselves, as well as it's sometimes really hard to forget that maybe the person you're looking at on social media or the this coach that you look up to was also a beginner at some point, yeah. felt the exact same way that you do. So yeah, I really love that you touched on it's hard. It's really hard to be a beginner. Yeah, and I feel like that's one of the main reasons why my target audience with gaming visuals is startups and small businesses because mm-hmm. nine times out of ten they are beginners. And I want to be reminded, no matter what I achieve, um, what it's like to start over and to have that fire burning and to like need to connect the dots, really, because um, that's pretty much my superpower at this point is just taking all these different things and connecting it so it can be a product or a business for you to like grow. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to know what was the scariest part of starting gaining visuals? I feel like I I <laughs> wasn't that scared until um, so okay. The way my business started was kind of like on accident. So mm-hmm. I made this, one of the companies in which I was uh, doing service learning for, um, the CEO, he asked me to help him like package his YouTube. So like we went over a lot of brand strategy stuff. We made promo videos and like did all the keywords. And by the end of that, I gave him everything and then he paid me. And I was mm-hmm. like, what? Like what are you doing? <laughs> like, you didn't think you were doing this for free. And I was like, I didn't know that you could get paid to do this stuff. <laughs> so I was like, more like, oh, okay, like, cool. I just didn't have the words yet to like, to mm-hmm. say it. At the time, I just thought I was just building someone's YouTube. And it was just, I just enjoyed his brand. So that's why I wanted to help. But after that, it took a couple months. And then one of my friends' cousin, he is an influencer. And she reached out to me because she knew I did a lot of video editing because I was really heavy into my YouTube at the time and I edited her promo video for this trip that she went on and then she paid me and once again I was like what (laughs) like okay cool so it just kept on being a lot of those moments and there became a year I think after that first client where someone was like why don't you start a business Medina and I was like Mm -hmm. me an entrepreneur, a business owner, no, like, <laughs> that's just a lot, but I was in school, like, I was, I was still actively in school, I was working so much, and I just didn't see the vision, you know, I didn't see mm-hmm. the perks yet, and so it wasn't until I was living in San Francisco, where I met and connected with a lot of people, because um, I spent that time just networking, and they were just like, yeah, I just, 
we started learning more about freelance and contract and all of that technical terms. Mm -hmm. And so um, even though I was pretty much part time at all of my jobs, I started looking into how to maximize my time because I knew since I was 16 that I had been spreading myself out, um, doing so many different things. And I really wanted to have a space where I can like check in and like fully be present and like check out. And so that's when I started thinking about my thesis, which is strange for a lot of people. And I feel like I was one of the first few people who started thinking this way, because usually with um, an art thesis, it's like a project, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like a campaign of some sort, but I really wanted to utilize that time to make a business plan, to like go over like how to build my website, like well, all the steps I needed, who I needed to connect with. Like I really took advantage of that opportunity to, you know, cause I kept on saying I didn't have the time, but I have the time and I'm, I carved it into my school. So yeah. once I realized you could do that, I was like, oh, I could do this full time. But I think once I graduated and just the pressure of like, post-grad jobs, I ended mm -hmm. up taking my full-time role at the company I was already working at, doing social media for them, mm -hmm. but it was exhausting to say the least. I worked so yeah. much for them, which yeah. I'm very happy that I did because I learned so much through them and did a lot of great stuff, but it was just so tiresome and I was never home and I just moved into my first apartment. And I was just like, I'm not enjoying life. Like, why am I not going through the same process as I did with navigating my major as to my career? So once I had that conversation with myself, I quit. And that's when it was scary. That's when it was like, oh, well, okay. I'm going to have to, like, talk to people. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm going to have to start marketing myself. I'm going to have to start, you know, eventually, like, working in a team with people. And I'm going to... And luckily at that time I was already, because um, I always worked so many jobs, I was doing uh, contract work with my school, like my, at my ad, and then I was still doing video editing for another company. So mm -hmm. I still had those two income streams, even right. though like I just quit that job, but contract freelance work is random. So I still think of it as like me navigating what gaming visuals look like for full time. So I luckily, by the grace of God, did that October 2020. Um, so it gave me a little jump start before COVID hit. And so mm -hmm. I was already working from home. I was already navigating Zoom and Google Meet and um, LinkedIn and like virtual conferences, like all th those months prior mm -hmm. to COVID. So when COVID hit, that's when I decided to be like, okay, since I had that jump start, I'm going to. I'm going to go hard. I'm going to go ham. And since then, it's been pretty fun. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So as a brand awareness expert and, you know, generally branding expert, I'm very curious, what has your journey since October or, you know, since you really had to start marketing yourself, what has been your journey to niche? Mm. Oh, and I did say that wrong. It's October 2019, my bad. So for me, niching has always been, I, I just did a, a presentation about this. It's always been about like the things that you research about on your own, the things hmm. that you like spend hours doing that no one tells you to. <laughs> um, those are usually how I help others and I've helped myself figure out a niche because like, 
the whole point of you being that expert or that person, that resource, um, is that you would do it even if no one was asking you to. And so that's how I try to think about Nietzsche's. And for me, it's always been film and social media. I've always gone to the movies since I was a kid. And me and my family break down, like at the end, all the things like composers, story, all Mm -hmm. of that. And then I got into branding once I, I think once I started my natural hair YouTube. And ever since then, I've just been, I've just been interested in it because I just think the psychology of how people receive things is um, (laughs) something to take note of. (laughs) Yeah, certainly, certainly. I can definitely relate to my movies are really big in my family and it would be something we do like to close the Sabbath. We like every Saturday night, we would watch a movie together. What kind of movies? What kind of movies? What's your genre? Your choice? I would say we're in the we're we're in the action adventure side of things. Okay. My dad grew up with with like Marvel and DC comics, so mm-hmm. we watched those movies, but we're mad at, about them. I used to be a huge Marvel fan. My family will go hard for Marvel movies, but after Black Panther, I think is when I dipped out. No, Winter Soldier. Mm is when I dipped out, and then I did for Black Panther, and then I dipped back out. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just right. too much pressure. <laughs> like right. people, you're in it or you're not. So I want to go back, refocus on, on, like, on niching. So you say it's sort of like, what are the things that you would do on your own without anyone mm-hmm. telling you or asking you to do? Do you have any more actionable tips about like yeah yeah Yeah. about it so I'm really into like gratitude lists happy lists so Mm. making a list of all the things that like sparks joy all the things that you know you're interested in and it can be big or small like the other day I realized how much I love baking Mm. I bake cakes it's as if it's like normal <laughs> like I'm like just giving these cakes away um or cookies or whatever mm-hmm. but I like baking makes me slow down and that's why mm. I really enjoy it but I also love bunnies I also like calendars I love calendars I like mm. organizing things big retweet and... over here <laughs> it's like it's 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 funny to look at the list like and I had a one of my favorite books is um, 14,000 Things to Be Happy About. And I think they oh. update it pretty often. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just a list of different random things. Like I just went skiing for the first time. So like now I like snow, which is weird because I've always just had a bad relationship with snow being a Wisconsinite. And now that I'm like activated in a space where snow is needed, I'm like, mm-hmm. yay, snow. Okay. And I think you can do that. A lot of people play video games. So that's why a lot of people stream, um, whether you like doing type of photography, um, you should really look into what kind of photography you're taking. I, I try to do a lot of, um, what's the word? Like, I guess audits on myself where I'll look back at a few of my past projects or past, I'll scroll through even my like photos in my phone and I'll try to write down common themes within it. So like, I know I do a lot of, brand photography um obviously for my business but I also do I have a lot of black people in my work I have Mm -hmm. a lot of nature slash plants there's a lot of greenery almost always in the space 
And, you know, if you look at, you'll find some, some common themes, but also like writing every day, a journal every day. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll find or stumble upon, I should say, a lot of repetition yeah. <laughs> within the conversations that I'm having with myself. So that's always helped me identify like niches mm-hmm. and really take a look back in. Yeah, there's two things that I want to I want to pull out from that. The first mm-hmm. is it's sort of it's a consistency of action, right? You can't look mm-hmm. through your portfolio if you haven't done mm-hmm. anything, you know, to look yeah. through or at least you haven't documented the things that you've done. Mm-hmm. And I saw somewhere, I think you're on a podcast. <laughs> I say I think mm-hmm. I'm trying to sound like I didn't do extensive research on you before you got on the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you were on a podcast some number of years ago. And mm-hmm. one of the things that you said was you learn more by posting every day than you could. Yeah. Or you learn faster, at least, by posting every day than you would by posting once a week or making one perfect mm-hmm. post per week. And yeah. I really want to touch on sort of I would love for you to go a little deeper into that. Definitely. I just, one of the cool tools that I've learned through undergrad was like to make something every single day. I'm really Mm. big on keeping your your hand moving Um, in 30-day challenges as well. It doesn't even have to be art-wise, but like Mm -hmm. building habits, it's, it's something that we just naturally gravitate towards. So even if it's like, you know, um, I'm gonna make my bed every single day. Or for me, I've always been trying. I've been trying to take a photo of something every day. Or um, I'm gonna make lunch at the same time every day. With just little things like that. Naturally, because of like how life works, you push yourself forward to move faster. Mm-hmm. But then also like figure out ways to like maximize that time. Mm-hmm. So like. Even though I can make lunch at the same time every single day, I've learned like you should meal prep. <laughs> like you should carve out time to do that so that way that same time ends at the same time too. And it's not just, you know, or if I'm gonna take a photo, like trying to have a theme. So like I'll have like yellow is the theme of the month. So that way it's super simple, but all I have to do is find something yellow in the space. Um, so like giving yourself like different small things, you know, don't apply too much pressure. But I know with posting specifically, uh, there's so much pressure. There's so much Mm -hmm. pressure of Mm -hmm. like, oh, man, like, and I do this sometimes to myself. And it's like, oh, I have to, I have to show up as this. It has to be pretty every single time. But I I think when you're in the the starting phase, um, or just even rebranding phase, the cool thing about posting consistently whether it's just you know it should still be as a good photo and when I say good photo meaning like the focus of what you want to share is on the screen (laughs) it it has and then it has a very like okay I'm gonna show like my workspace or I'm gonna show this food product or I'm gonna show like me crashing and burning today like Mm -hmm. make it very very clear within your image but then with that trying out different kinds of captions, trying out different hashtags, trying out different times. Like you can only learn because every single one of our um, pages have different groups of people, different groups of people that you're trying to reach and what they do day to day. Um, You're not going to know that right off the jump. You can do a lot of research, 
but I think the best way to fail is to fail forward. So just post and see what works. And if it only gets one like, then you know, hey, maybe that time didn't work. Maybe that image didn't work. Let me try again. And that's mm-hmm. that's one of the things I feel like I'm not afraid to do is mm-hmm. to try again. Like it's it's the fun part because once you get it, oh man, it feels so good. It feels so good to have a system that works. And I feel like everyone should strive to have systems that works for them. Yeah, absolutely. I really love that little riff on sort of posting pressure because I think a lot of people, including myself, which I'm very Mm. public about on my Instagram, have many, I don't know, it can feel like a chore and mm-hmm. you certainly lose Definitely. the joy in mm-hmm. this platform that was more or less made for entertainment. I think that's where having that happy list going back mm-hmm. to that. Like whenever I feel like Instagram is just frustrating or I'm getting too, I don't know, elitist. Yes. I'm like, okay, let me post a picture of my bunny. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, let me, let me share a trip. Um, Mm -hmm. definitely having that breathing room, especially as entrepreneurs or business people or people just marketing anything, you should still share the things that make you happy. And hopefully the post that you're sharing makes you happy, but obviously if you have deadlines or, um, you know, timelines that you're trying to get stuff done, it could be kind of automated, but stepping out of that automation and being like, okay, like what could make somebody smile today? What makes me smile that I want to share? And I think that's, that takes half of the pressure off there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The second thing I wanted to touch on from earlier, what you said is the clarity coming from repetition when you're in the conversations you're having with yourself. Something that I'm doing for this month, which is March at the time of recording, is I'm answering the same three or four questions every single day. So that I can, the questions are approximately, you know, what am I trying to accomplish with insert project and what contribution am I trying to make to the world? (laughs) You know, your easy softball questions. (laughs) So I would love to know a bit more about your process with journaling and even more so reviewing the journaling. Yeah. Okay. So I always start my journal with whatever's like, I always do a, a dump, you know, mm-hmm. um, of just like, what is on my heart right now? So I'll go through like, oh, maybe, maybe there's a, a couple projects that I'm like a little anxious about or um, some conversation with a friend that I had that I need to like document because I'm really big on like documenting things or if none of that, if there's no like piercing questions, <laughs> then uh-huh. I'm like, okay, what were the wins today? And so that's when I, I break down very, very small and very big things. So I would start with like, I would have this conversation with you. Um, I set up my March calendar. I fed my bunny. I fed myself. Uh-huh. I exercised. And then once I get there, I try to look back like last month wasn't so hot. I didn't uh-huh. exercise as much. I wasn't consistent with eating. And I'll read through some past journals just to see where my headspace is at when I'm Mm -hmm. looking at those dumps. But when it comes to my career or whenever I'm looking at past work, I I kind of, I don't know, I kind of figure out like 
how did that person make me feel? How did it, like, how was that timeline? How was that turnaround? How was that communication? How long did it take for me <laughs> to get something done versus like how long should have it taken for me mm-hmm. to get something done? Um, that's a big one. And yeah, so after that, I try to also write down what I learned from each of those things, mm-hmm. whether it be emotionally, physically, or spiritually, because that's a thing. I like, I've been getting into a lot more energies, tapping into them and like identifying like what's good for me and what's not. And that being like how I navigate, how I work with clients um, or how I do work. And so it's a little, it's just a lot of, a lot of like what feels good to me right now and what felt good to me in the past and what didn't feel good at all. And how can we not do that again? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think energy, I'm feeling energy having a a bit of a comeback or moving into the mainstream for 2021 (laughs) because it's it's something that people are taking more seriously or like understanding as a really strong but intangible force. I think it's also because of 2020. mm -hmm. Oh, certainly. We were stripped of energy. We were constantly around and living and existing and pushed into energy. And like 2020 mm-hmm. forced us to not be. So now that we have gained control it back, essentially, um, mm-hmm. as much as you can, mm-hmm. I feel like that's why people are so like big on it right now. Cacao. Now it's time for the seedling round where short questions lead to tasty answers. I love that cacao every time. I really didn't want to laugh. I have to. It's so good. <laughs> oh, no, I appreciate the laughter. <laughs> it has been a journey. I mean, people mm. have been listening to the show since the beginning, watched me try and find that sound, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I can't imagine was actually fun for their ears. But anyhow, what is the biggest mistake that you have learned the most from? Oof. Uh man I feel like it had to be I don't know because when I hear mistake that one's always hard for me um learning opportunity it was it had to be the year 2019 I really the mistake was thinking that I could do and handle everything I spent that whole year being so stubborn I guess or prideful or selfish of being like I got this and although I did have it (laughs) it wasn't necessary for me to have it all on my own I'm I'm very thankful for the skills and like tools that it taught me but help is amazing and it's great to receive and I wish that for everyone in the entire world to have a helping hand always so being open to receiving help is also a big thing that I learned that year Um, because as much as you can be like I need help you still have to be uh, able to let some stuff go as a control freak that I am Um, that was a hard one Mm -hmm. but once I did it was great it feels good and yeah yeah how do you measure time oh yes that was the one that was the one (laughs) I was gonna prep a question and I decided not to (laughs) 
because I'm really into sci-fi. Like I'm really into multiple um, timelines and parallel universes. Mm-hmm. So like I kind of made a measure time in a, a sideways linear way uh-huh. of like an exchange. So since I'm here talking to you, I'm not doing something else. And so that's kind of how I measure time all the time where like there's an exchange constantly happening and like in another line or timeline um, world that no was a yes to something else. So mm-hmm. um, that's kind of how I like gauge everything and like organize my time too, um, is being conscious of like what is being exchanged when time is happening presently. Wow, this is my favorite answer thus far. I oh. love that. <laughs> that makes me feel good, thank you. <laughs> I really love that. What does it take to maintain your joy? Oh, sunlight, mm-hmm. water, the elements, really, truly. Honestly. Um, <laughs> like, I, I actually go through the hierarchy of needs, uh, like, the, the actual chart, where mm-hmm. I'll just start with, like, the basics, you know, like, making sure I ate, um, and then going all the way up to shelter, hygiene, um, connecting with people. And I try to work my way up that hierarchy of needs pretty often. But, yeah, it's the simple things, really, truly. Karaoke, though, is what <laughs> is actually the one that gets me. Um, it's, it fulfills everything I need. Uh, I like to use the app Smule. I think it's S-M-U-L-E. It's just a platform that's been around for a really long time that no one's really talking about. But because of COVID, karaoke bars aren't really a thing as much sure. as I like them to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I like to do karaoke on there. So that's the one. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Cacao, that ends the seedling round. I like to wrap these up with two questions. First, what is your greatest ambition? Yes, I want to be the first Black woman to win an Oscar for film editing. Hmm. I just want to give that one a little bit of breathing room. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think this is the first space in which I've said it publicly. Um, okay, I've manifest it, it then. My friends. Uh, I've always made it, I have a chart breakdown of all the things I need to do. And mm-hmm. I think this is the first time I'm sharing it, like, to the world. Wow. Thank you for that hot exclusive. And finally, what is the question of the week? Oof. Oh, man. I did have one. Um, I think the question of the week should be, what... I don't know how to say this. Okay, give me a minute. Mm -hmm. What is something that brings you joy that you are not giving your time to and you should? Mm. Love that. What -hmm. is something that brings you joy but you're not giving your time to? Mm -hmm. And you should. And you should. Amazing. Thank you so much. Where can people connect with you? Yeah, I am All Natural G pretty much on every single platform. My personal website is nadinagramville.com. Um, and to check out my business, Gaining Visuals on all platforms. And yeah, um, connect with me. I love networking. I'm such a big person for sliding in the DM. So mm-hmm. if you want to slide in my DMs, definitely do that. I'm almost <laughs> always there anyway. So yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for being a part of the show, sharing this little internet space with us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Thank you for your time.
Okay, guys, if you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to share it with a friend. So many juicy nibs in this one. And be sure to follow the Instagram for great content and sign up for the newsletter for exclusive process pullovers, which is where I get really in-depth about productivity habits and behavioral processes as a supplement to the show. Have a good week. See you later.